Welcome to the Sweat the Small Stuff podcast. This is your loyal host, Ethan Waite. I'm here uh, in a virtual room through Skype with my my ever loyal co-host, TJ. Using last names today. What's up, TJ? I don't know. Were we using last names? I thought sometimes. Maybe not oh, all the time. You better you better cut that. You better you better this bleep that. Not signing the release. Whoa. Hey, man. Once we're famous, they're gonna need to know. I need. I'm gonna listen to this, and it better say with my ever loyal co-host TJ. Well, this is Ethan and TJ. Last names omitted slash redacted, and we are in Portland, Oregon. We are talking sports, and my address is. We are talking personal details on how to locate each other. It's crazy up in here. We are going Uh, to dox ourselves. We're doing it all left right and sideways uh it has been a crazy week and uh first of all how are you doing tj how are things uh i think things are going okay um i don't know i missed going to the gym <laughs> feel you there yeah we are in the midst of a uh a freeze on uh activities and involving close contact here in uh the portland metro area including being able to go to gyms, uh, dine in restaurants, things of that nature. Not Turns out as... more people are dying now than when they were uh, when the initial like freeze took place. So, you know, I just just don't want to die. Yeah, no, uh, I very much agree with you there. I have the same sentiment about myself and uh, those I care about, uh, including you. Don't die. Hey. So, wow, I made the yeah. cut. Looking out for you, buddy. Um, and uh, on a lighter note, which it shouldn't be too hard to get to, uh, we have been involved. We've been watching some sports. We've been watching some sports. Oh, we have. Uh, he said have. sarcastically and incredulously. <laughs> yes, we have been watching some sports. Uh, we actually finally got a hyped-up boxing match that was supposed to take place back in September times. Um, back a few months ago, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr., the most hyped fight of 2002, uh, just came 18 years later or so, once these guys were in their mid-early 50s, and uh, looking not too bad. I thought it was going to be a, a worse showing than it ended up being. Uh, the title, well, not the title fight, but the uh, the headlining fight between the two gentlemen, uh, it was on pay-per-view on Triller. Not to be confused with the Michael Jackson song "Thriller," as we have in the past, um, but it was, uh, it was a pretty good show. I don't know what what you thought about it, uh, but I felt like these guys put on a more competitive bout uh, than I thought. It was Mike Tyson. Good lord, he looked fierce. Yeah, and speaking strictly from a production standpoint, it seems like they did not uh, spare any expense. They hired a series of artists to perform in between the matches, uh, which was really cool. We had uh, Snoop Dogg was up there, uh, Wiz Khalifa, and St. John, who you talked about on our last episode, uh, yeah, performing. Yeah, blown up. Yeah, it was yeah, so uh, weird. It was weird, because Triller is like, uh, like a TikTok rival. Um, I hadn't heard of it until this fight was announced and, uh, I'm on their Wikipedia page right now. 
the second paragraph starts with the company claims to have over 250 million downloads though this figure is currently under review <laughs> so whoever's <laughs> editing their wikipedia page is is very doubtful that they've hit that 250 million dollar mark uh let's see they also have come under some scrutiny for paying people to leave TikTok and instead create content for Triller. Uh, I don't mind that so much. That's just capitalism. However, the fights, well, the main fight was excellent. Um, I can't say the same for every match on, on the ticket, specifically the co-main event between yeah. YouTube sensation Jake Paul and uh, now disgraced NBA player nate robinson right so yeah that was the co-headlining fight um definitely the technically speaking the worst fight of all of them by far uh can't stress that enough there are actually a couple other fights that occurred before it that were very competitive and i think any casual boxing fan that joined in would probably was very pleased to watch them um but they were probably coming for a lot of the younger guys the younger viewers for jake paul versus nate robinson and that was a very odd fight where uh, it seemed like YouTube star slash former Disney Channel actor Jake Paul actually trained. And it seemed like well, he actually this isn't his first. This is uh, Jake Paul's second fight. So he's been training True. for Has a more while. experience. Yeah, than Nate he's Robinson. actually been in a ring before. This was Nate Robinson's first uh, fight, but he did have the background of being a professional athlete for over a decade prior to that, you know, playing basketball at an elite level, probably since he was a, a young child. And uh, it, it seemed like he had never trained seriously. I don't know what he was doing getting ready for this fight, but the minute the, you know, bell rang, he was, Nate Robinson was just swinging wildly and just and just kind of like bull rushing. It seemed like he was maybe trying to get some takedowns going at, it just, his boxing form left a lot to be desired, and his boxing defense was absolutely non-existent. Um, I, I think the whoever was officiating that match should probably not be allowed to officiate any professional boxing bouts in the future. Uh, there was a moment in the first round where Nate Robinson was knocked down, and he basically went the full 10 count. Um, you could tell he was still incredibly dazed, but the, the referee, for some reason, just kept giving Nate Robinson the benefit of the doubt. Um, and uh, there was a moment where he, he said, like, put up your boxing gloves, like, put up your hands, like, protect yourself. And Nate just seemed to not understand what he was saying. So his arms were just kind of all over the place because he had just been punched in the face hard enough to <laughs> make him lose uh if not consciousness, then a lot of cognitive ability. And I think the fight should have been called at that point. But uh, it did make it to the second round where Nate Robinson was knocked down a second time. He got up and then was ultimately knocked down for the third and final time. Um, and he stayed down for a really long time. It was very concerning. Yeah, Jake Paul threw eight punches, knocked Nate Robinson down three times. That second knockdown... I think the fight should have been called right there. He was grabbing the back of his head after it, even though he got punched in the temple. 
Um, just seemed like he was dazed and concussed and not able to fight anymore. But the Triller referees let the fight keep going. I think that is going to be the lasting criticism of Triller as a boxing pay-per-view platform. Um, and, and I think it will also make uh, it more difficult for uh, Jake Paul or, or Logan Paul or any of these other YouTuber would-be uh, exhibition matches uh, because... You know, they're not professionals and it is dangerous, Uh, you know, that being hit like that and and going down like that can have lasting damaging effects, Uh, even if you're a professional, which, again, cannot stress enough, these two are not. Uh, To make matters worse, Jake Paul then immediately uh, called out Canelo Alvarez and then immediately pivoted to trying to promote uh, a rap album he said he was coming out with. That was uh, Conor McGregor that he called out, not Canelo. Oh, Conor McGregor, yeah. Uh, yeah, gave him <laughs> enough uh, confidence to call out an actual MMA professional fighter. So, Which nice, Robinson. I don't think Conor McGregor would need even eight punches to do to Jake Paul what Jake Paul did to Nate Robinson. Now, the other uh, lasting legacy, I think, from this series of fights uh, will be Marijuana. Uh, we saw uh, Snoop Dogg smoking uh, a series of blunts and joints, and I think Wiz Khalifa as well, while they were performing their sets and just commentating on the fights. Uh, Snoop Dogg was in the booth with yeah, the Yeah, and Weed Maps was a major sponsor. Uh, usually when you see boxing matches, you'll see like Takati, uh, you know, beer on, on the rings and banners. But this one, it was Weed Maps, which yeah. I thought was crazy. Uh, as well, it's really uh, the future. Mike Tyson, after his fight, said that he had smoked uh, weed before the fight, and he immediately smoked weed after the fight, and was just uh, all about promoting it, um, said that it's his lifestyle now, he'll be doing it until he dies. He has a podcast called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Uh, no, no attempt at promotion there, just think it's relevant. Um, I will say he seemed incredibly composed both in and out of the ring. Uh, the fight was very competitive with the two older gentlemen. And uh, anybody who watched the fight could probably see that it was very obvious that Mike Tyson was the winner. But it's not as if this fight was for anything. Right, it was an uh, exhibition. And so the, the unofficial judges scored it unanimously as a tie. Um think there may have been some collusion there uh perhaps that was just decided prior to the actual bout um but i think uh they wanted no ill will exiting the fight as these were two uh people in in their 50s that were going at it but yeah well, I think one, one thing tyson, i will say is uh mike tyson's conditioning coach should be very proud the he just looked great the entire time they, they were only two minute rounds i believe it was eight two minute rounds uh so 16 minutes but he looked fresh the entire time, which is hard to say. Even young professionals to, to look that good for that long. Absolutely. A proud moment for boxing. This was not a very proud week for the NFL, though. Uh, there has been a lot of COVID uh, impacting the NFL in a variety of different ways, with some games being uh, postponed and uh, perhaps even being canceled right now. We don't really know if the Steelers Ravens game that was supposed to occur on Thanksgiving night will be played, but they are attempting to push it to Wednesday. Um, 
However, there are also some teams where it seems like the NFL has been trying to make an example out of them, namely the Denver Broncos. Uh, They were forced to play on Sunday, not given the opportunity to play on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, etc. nights um, as they were without a quarterback. I guess there's no real way to say that. Uh, Can you comment on the events that led up to this uh, football game, I guess you want to call it? But, uh, yeah, uh, a game without a quarterback. So, Jeff Driscoll, uh, one of the backup quarterbacks out of Denver, tested positive for COVID-19. And the Saturday before the Sunday game, the NFL informed the Denver Broncos that all of their quarterbacks who had been in a meeting of some kind together where they weren't wearing masks, so they weren't following the the COVID protocols as well as they could have been. The NFL deemed that they were all uh, too much of a risk to be cleared to play. And instead of rescheduling or moving the game like they had for the Patriots when Cam Newton tested positive for COVID-19 or like they're currently doing for the Ravens uh, now that Lamar Jackson has uh, been in close contact and would be disqualified from playing, um, they were forced to play. And with nobody at the quarterback position, they were forced to dig deep. Um, They tried to get one of their assistant coaches cleared to play uh, in the quarterback position, but the NFL uh, strongly put a stop to that because they do not want teams to uh, use the the coaching staff as an ability, like as a way to stash potential players. Um, So the practice squad wide receiver Kendall Hilton uh, was under center and uh, he played some quarterback in college uh, but I mean most of the starting team hadn't either even met him and he definitely never saw him take any snaps Uh, so the Denver Broncos just got absolutely demolished by the New Orleans Saints and what was just a really horrible horrible game to watch uh I watched the first half of it, and it just became clear that there was no fighting chance. There was nothing the Denver Broncos were going to be able to do to to remain competitive in the game. Um, yeah. But now uh, we're we're seeing the Steelers and the Ravens uh, are getting all kinds of uh, all kinds of favors. It's strange to me because I, I'm thinking the rationale is that like, oh well, the Ravens had a major outbreak, so they they wouldn't have been able to field a team. So we had to reschedule the game, whereas the Broncos only had one positive and a few close contacts. So it seems as though even though both teams were breaking the COVID protocol, uh, the Ravens, who had a significant outbreak, are getting a lot of favors from the NFL right now, whereas the Broncos, whose team does not have a significant significant outbreak, seems to be getting punished. Um and I'm a little yeah, I mean, salty I, about it, if I'm being honest. I I think there's a lot to be said about you know which teams were in play here. Um, the Broncos, you know, they're not in the playoff hunt at all. They are not a team that's bringing in a ton of viewers every week, like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are. And I think that it was a safer team to just try to make an example out of. What I've been hearing a lot of is that all right, this is one where we're not going to get 
that much backlash if we you know make them go forward with it it's not like we're going to get all the eyes on this that we would if it was the ravens or the chiefs or the steelers and you know we can say that we're taking this seriously where you know we can turn a blind eye with a few other teams and say oh tennessee titans you know you're you're going to be fine to play on tuesday or the ravens you'll be fine to play wednesday of next week um Hey, I, I and don't it's know. unfortunate I because see. Denver had to essentially give up their bye week earlier in the season because of the COVID outbreak uh, in New England. And um, and you're right. It does seem like they are making an example, which I don't think would be a particularly bad thing. I think all teams need to take the uh, protocols seriously. But I don't think there's a lot of transparency on behalf of the NFL. Like, what what are their COVID protocols. Does anybody actually know? Everything's, you know, everyone's flying by the seat of their pants this year. I and mean, there's the no NFL, way to handle a pandemic. No. Um, and I think the NFL is just terrified of losing any, any profit or extending, you know, to a week 18, you know, at all possible. Um, otherwise in the NFL, the Detroit lions have parted ways with both their coach and general manager the, uh, the Lions were out of the playoff hunt. They are at the bottom of the NFC North. I think they have four wins right now. Matt Patricia had been there for a few years. He was a disciple of Bill Belichick, but doesn't seem like they could ever get anything going, and they, they seem like they've been wasting the uh, back end of Matt Stafford's prime out in Detroit. Um, so we will see what happens there. I think this is the third NFL head coach fired this year. And uh, it seems quite odd that uh, Adam Gates with the New York Jets still has a job as the Jets move on to zero wins, 10 losses. Um, so just, just something to, to point out there. Uh, another, another coach getting axed, and it is not the glaring uh, worst coach in the NFL. And it kind of makes you wonder if out in New York City they are scared of firing Adam Gates because if they do, maybe they'll actually win a game or two and not get the number one pick to secure Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, at this point, why why fire him? Let him do what he's doing, and then uh, reevaluate once you get the new best guy. Um, Matt Patricia was the head coach of the Detroit Lions from starting in 2018. His regular or his career head coaching record is 13, 29, and one. Not, not good great. stats. No, pretty no. bad. I, hey, I get why they fired him. I'm only upset about it because I am a Green Bay Packers fan, and this can only mean that the Lions will be more competitive going into next year. So, sucks for the Green Bay Packers and the other teams in the NFC North that things might get a little bit tighter, but good for the overall league. Um, you know. Yeah, and uh, Matt Patricia is probably going to end up with a nice job somewhere in the league he's formerly the uh, safeties coach and then defensive coordinator for the new england patriots from 2011 to 2017 just prior to taking over in detroit yeah um i'm sure he'll he'll find a landing spot somewhere he won't he won't go unemployed if he doesn't want to um that's our that's our nfl news otherwise uh touch on some soccer diego maradona he has passed away. Uh, the legend, probably the second best known soccer player besides Pele in modern history, passed away at age 80. 
Um, he had a documentary that came out about him on HBO last year that I think I might have recommended in our old podcast series uh, way back in the day. Um, and definitely worth checking out. The man had a crazy life uh, playing out in Europe. And uh, it seemed like he was involved with like the Italian mafia back in the day. Um, definitely involved in like some maybe drug cartel stuff, like not involved in the cartels, but like associated with guys in the cartels. Check out that like documentary. But uh, this guy was a absolute legend on the pitch as well. Um, he was, let's see, FIFA player of the 20th century award winner. He was involved in a lot of World Cups back in the 80s. I think uh, was involved on the FIFA World Cup All-Star team in 1986 and 1990. And uh, yeah, he was named to the FIFA World Cup All-Time team in 1994. Rest in peace, Diego. Otherwise... MLS tournament is here. This is not the MLS's back tournament. That is past, uh, but this is the, the MLS. MLS was back, and now it's back again under old naming conventions. Yeah, it's the, uh, the postseason. Postseason tournament is here. We are here to crown a champion. Uh, last time we talked, I think, the Philadelphia team, they took the regular season championship award. Uh, so this is actually for... A real trophy, <laughs> which, uh, you know, comes from uh, actually squaring off in a, uh, in a final setting. Right now, we are in the semifinals. Apparently, uh, Columbus and New England have already advanced to one finals matchup. And uh, we are waiting to see the results of the Seattle Sounders squaring off against Dallas FC. Still a poor name, if you ask me. And, yeah, uh, and actually Portland tied the uh, football club out of Dallas in their matchup on the 22nd. Unfortunate that uh, Portland did not get to advance from that one. Seems that Dallas was named the victor in the end. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Seattle is our rivals to the north, but I wouldn't mind seeing uh, the guys that took us out get taken out. So whoever wins that matchup, uh, perhaps we'll be rooting for who they play next. Uh, the other teams that are square enough to make it to advance to the finals are sporting Kansas city and they are matching up against Minnesota to determine what uh, two teams will go to that other finals match. So we are down to just the last six teams here, essentially uh, two have already advanced to the finals. The other four are scrapping away to see who can go to the other finals matchup to see who will eventually get to the championship game. So if you're able to follow all of that logic, uh, get hyped and tune into some soccer. All right. Well, I or think die that, trying, or die, or die trying. Um, I think that is all of our regular sports coverage. So we are going to move now into some special edition Gonzaga hype up uh, talk with none other than my own personal brother, Sean. Wait. Your own personal brother. My personal. For some brother. reason, I, I, in my head, I'm thinking of that uh, like your own. Personal Jesus, you know what I mean? Uh, reach out. <laughs> uh, he's not that. You're wrong. Uh, but uh, he's a pretty good Personal. guy. He has uh, been a Gonzaga basketball fan for as long as uh, I've been alive, I think. I mean, the dude just kind of came out uh, repping the old Gonzaga colors. And uh, I'm excited to, to chat with him. Uh, Gonzaga is coming into this year with a very hyped up team. And let's see what he has to say. What's up, See man? See somebody. 
Fellas, what's up? Hey. Hello. All right, this worked. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell Let me yeah. Dark for a minute, though. Hold up. <clears throat> How are you doing, man? How's it going up there in Seattle? Oh, it's all right, man. It's cold today, but it's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Same right. as, well, as everywhere, I think, man. The whole world's the same. <laughs> <laughs> the whole oh. world's the same. <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Sweat the Small Stuff podcast. We are here to talk about some Gonzaga basketball. Uh, we're coming in hot this year, number one ranking in the United States. And we've had a couple of games uh, against some um, pretty high-powered teams in Kansas. Uh, that I don't Are they still ranked number six uh, overall? Um, but it seems like we took them out pretty, pretty handily, as well as Auburn. And... Uh, well, how, what's your takeaway? I mean, we got some strong recruits uh, in Jalen Suggs, and we got some veteran leadership in Corey Kispert, um, as well as some other guys out there that are flashing um, some talent. But uh, what what have you seen the last couple of games, and what are you looking forward to the rest of the season? Oh, man. They're, uh, one, I didn't know we were recording already, so I guess I'll just <laughs> like to say thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> to, to join you guys. It's so so cool. Uh, to answer your question though, man, it was a lot of fun to watch Gonzaga this weekend. Um, I guess it was probably Thursday and, and, or Wednesday and Friday, maybe, or Thursday and Saturday, but, uh, Thursday and Saturday, it was Thanksgiving day treat. Yeah. You know, um, Kansas, I don't know if they're still ranked six. I thought they were fifth. So it was probably a difference in, in different polls, but, um, they're a tremendous team. They're always a tremendous team and Gonzaga had their way with them almost the entire game. They took an early lead, held on to it with the exception of a few seconds that they lost the lead, I think by one point for a very brief period of time. But they they never looked like they weren't going to win that game or that it was even really that close. Um, The Auburn game was kind of a bloodbath. Um, I only caught the second half of that, the very end of the first half and the second half of that. So by the time I tuned in, it was smooth sailing for the Zags with that one. Um, But from what I read, that was from the jump. So... Strong team. I like what we see. I think it's the best Gonzaga team to date. It it looks scary good. Uh, Jalen Suggs in particular. I've seen him like just flashing some crazy dunks, and uh, he just looks absolutely dominant for a freshman. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely uh, stoked. Sorry for the uh, the cold intro into the recording. You're our first guest, so thank you for joining us. Uh, <laughs> for, yeah. Uh, worth like 37 podcasts in and you are our first guest so uh well, thank you for joining it's a tremendous <laughs> honor i do need to compliment tj's facial hair because that looks incredible hey thank you yes yeah. i uh i think i called it uh terrifying last week so <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm working from home uh so i haven't had a haircut or a shave since july so it's just kind of happening to me right now and i've i got no i'm, I'm not like meeting with clients or anything anymore so i just just letting it go, seeing what happens. Well, for the audience listening, I'll describe it as somewhat like Thor. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe That's the best George, compliment he's beats George that, Clooney. <laughs> Suck it, Clooney. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Jalen Suggs. I got to tell you, I've never seen like an 18-year-old look so much like a grown man. Yeah, He makes, he makes 18-year-old LeBron look young. The dude just has like the composure... The size, the 
the leadership clearly. He doesn't look like even when we've had some great young point guards that have to sort of assume that role. And Jalen looks he looks even more composed than you know Williams Goss looked when he showed up uh, with after a year at UW and then a redshirt year. Uh, so I, he's been super impressive. Yeah, it seems like with these college guys, at least at Gonzaga, it takes them like a year or two to really find themselves and kind of embrace that leadership role because there's always so much of a veteran presence on the team. Guys don't typically, you know, go one year and then out. Uh, they're usually there for, you know, three, four years. Uh, so that's been very impressive. Um, I was kind of wondering what uh, the impacts of COVID-19 were going to have for college basketball as a whole. No fans in the stands. I know Gonzaga in particular, they're really uh, reliant on the fan energy uh, in the kennel. And I don't know, I feel like they, they pump themselves up with it. doesn't seem like that's uh, really factored into things here. They've been able to generate their own energy really easily. Um, COVID did take out, though, one of the upcoming opponents, uh, University of Tennessee. That game has been canceled because they've had a few uh, positive tests on their team, it seems like. And so how how does that work then if it is it like the offending team the infected team uh suffers a loss or what's the what's the deal i think they just canceled it i mean these are it wasn't going to be like an in-conference game or anything but um it was a big deal for gonzaga i mean they're you know kind of they're in a smaller conference in the west coast conference and their competition is uh, a bit sparse in that conference, so they really rely on these non-conference games, uh, being able to go outside and and play against uh, you know teams like Kansas in the in the early early season. Um, so that, I feel like that's the biggest impact there is that they kind of lose part of that argument uh, that hey we have this big resume of of teams that we played against this year maybe not as much as as other years because Gonzaga is so strong. But, uh, you know, I, I think as far as your question on how that factors into their record, I, I, I think they just pretend that it was never even scheduled. Yeah, I'm, uh, I just pulled up NCAA uh, to get the update on the COVID-19 news. And it's a lot of not great stuff here. UCLA men's basketball home openers postponed. Wake Forest men's basketball pauses team activities. Mountain West announces Boise State New Mexico series is postponed. Maryland Towson men's basketball game is canceled. Uh, Villanova announces men's basketball game against Hartford. Hey, that that means a game is happening. So, some good news for the Villanova men's game uh, versus Hartford. I would chime in on a couple of points that that you guys were making there. Um, one uh, to kind of take them in order, Ethan. I think that you know the kennel has been criticized often in the last couple of years by Mark Few and the Gonzaga team and the, the announcers. It's as if uh, they got complacent. The fans got so used to seeing greatness that the the energy kind of evaporated. And so there's been a big push to get that going again. Um, I'm kind of hopeful that post-COVID, the Gonzaga fan base and the students in particular are going to be so excited to get, resume that normalcy. So next season, hopefully we'll see the kennel of old. Um, you know, <clears throat> the, the Tennessee loss, like you said, would normally be huge. I don't think it's a big deal this year, not only because of how strong they are opening up at number one and beating now Kansas and Auburn, but they also replaced it with West Virginia, who's ranked 15th, I think. Okay. Um, 
And so that West Virginia game wouldn't have happened had it not been for the Tennessee cancellation. So really, they did a great job of finding a, a pretty darn comparable component. I think Tennessee's a little stronger uh, as far as the preseason expectations, but great job getting a Bob Huggins well-coached West Virginia team on your resume is never going to hurt. Uh, I did read, uh, I don't know if either of you ever follow the Slipper Still Fits, which is a really good blog on Gonzaga basketball. And one of their main contributors wrote in a recap of the Auburn game that the uh, there was at least one player on Gonzaga who was held off because of a positive test. It appears that that was Julian Strother, who's a a true freshman, one of the big three recruits that came in uh, next to Jalen Suggs. Um, and, and you know, he wrote a really good piece about the game and then closed it out by saying the game should have never happened, that he thinks it was terrible that they played. Uh, apparently, Gonzaga did everything right. Like, they went through the protocols. They did what, what the NCAA and the state officials of where that game was being held expected. Um, but that that was a lot less strong than really should be in place and who knows who's going to be exposed um, potentially as a result, right? If there was somebody who had caught it um, and then was asymptomatic on the team or just was not yet exhibiting symptoms because the incubation time. So we'll see what the ramifications are of that, but it is, it's disheartening to hear that there isn't a universal system in place that everybody's following. That is a hundred percent true before we brought you in uh, TJ and I were talking about the, NFL games that are currently being uh, rescheduled or forced to go on even with positive tests Mm -hmm. and uh, a lack of consistency in that league alone, uh, not to mention across sports. And uh, yeah, I've been very concerned with uh, the college level with, uh, you know, the supervision on 18, 19 year old guys and what they're doing off the court and how realistic it is to expect them to stay isolated in a bubble themselves when they're young guys. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's one thing to, to have like a professional athlete and expect them to stay at home when they've got the means to support themselves and, and, you know, own a home and, and provide for themselves. Uh, But, you know, these college students, some of them were, you know, going with the, like having a scholarship and basically I don't know. You're young. You want to be social. You want to be in those environments. Uh, I think it's just harder to to do that, and so it's it's almost more difficult to expect more out of the younger the younger athletes. But uh, no matter what, I hope uh, this that was December almost a complete 14th. sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to this December 14th matchup for Gonzaga, though, against uh, the famed Idaho Vandals. That uh, looks like a, a terrifying uh, threat to their their undefeated season that they've started off on. So uh, you can never sleep on the Vandals. I mean, you kind of can, but <laughs> at least with basketball. Uh, but but I'm excited about that too. I, they seem to to play every year for a long time, and I don't think that's happened as of recent. So that'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how? Uh, I mean, once we get out of these early early season games out of conference, uh, what's the West Coast Conference looking like this year? It seems like BYU is kind of the next team up as far as uh, the power teams out there in the West Coast, or in the WCC at least. Well, probably. I think when you look at the, the teams that are perennially right behind Gonzaga, it's, it's 
St. Mary's really is, is the stronger program. And then BYU, although BYU is probably a better team this year and was last year. Um, but it's those two um, that you always expect to be right up there competing. You know, I think one team that um, should get a lot of attention after this weekend is San Francisco. Um, I forget who they knocked off, um, but it was a top squad. We could look that up. It was their biggest win in like a, a century almost. And San Francisco is a very storied program, um, which people forget, but they used to sort of be a blue blood, blue blood, excuse me. Uh, but they had a big win. They're a well-coached team, so that that could be fun. I also think that another squad that's probably got a good returning class this year is is Pacific, um, and not one to to lose sight of either. Well, looks like uh, that was Virginia that they they took down. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was on uh, Friday, the twenty seventh, sixty one sixty. San Francisco beat the number fifteen team in the nation and uh, University of Virginia. So, hell yeah! All right. Well. Uh, I'm rooting for uh, Gonzaga to sweep their way through the West Coast Conference, but it looks like there's a, a few teams out there that they're going to need to be wary of and not sleep on. Um, but uh, we were talking about Jalen Suggs, uh, mentioning Corey Kispert. This is a scary uh, team of prospects that could go to the NBA in the near future. Um, looks like we got a North Idaho grown prospect as well in Anton Watson from uh, Coeur d'Alene and played at Gonzaga Prep High School just across the way in Spokane. But uh, I've been rooting for him. He's coming back from an injury last year, I believe, that hampered him a bit. He looked really strong um, in the in the highlights that I was watching against Kansas. Uh, seems like he's a pretty dominant presence in the middle. Uh, are you pretty hyped on, I mean, aside from Suggs, who seems like the number one prospect to go into the NBA next year, which of these guys do you see a lot of potential for in the next level? Well, I think the whole starting five has the potential to, to go in the NBA um, and, and actually a little bit deeper than that as far as who, who is possible. Because um, there's a couple younger guys that came in with Suggs that aren't going to be one and dones, but they're going to be good. Um, you know, starting with Watson, um, and shout out to his brother, who is a Idaho Vandal football player. Sir, past. Um you know, and I was curious, the, the TV usually calls him a Spokane product, but either way, Inland Empire product, I guess that's because of Gonzaga Prep. Um, you know, he he's someone I'm not quite sure about. I think he's going to be a really good Gonzaga player. He's clearly got the size and the athleticism to make it to the next level. That said, we just haven't seen a lot of him, and he's playing around some pretty great players right now including Drew Timmy, who's kind of getting the main focus offensively in the front court. Uh, so it's hard to say. If we'd seen more of him last year, I would say I'd be able to speak more educated about him. Uh, but everything we've seen has been good, he, and he definitely seems to understand his role, and and everybody on this team does. So I don't know that we're going to see a breakout year from Watson, but if he's, you know, he was a starter last year before he got hurt. He's starting again this year, and when you're looking at a team this loaded, if you're starting as a freshman and sophomore, there's a reason for it. Uh, I think Drew Timmy is going to be a first-round draft pick after this weekend. I would never have said that last year. Um, he sort of got – he reminds me of Sean Mallon. I don't know if you remember Sean Mallon, but he was a uh, kind of predated Morrison. I think they actually overlapped. And he was well-piped, Spokane kid, um, and huge. But he was just that tall, skinny, kind of awkward, didn't seem very athletic guy. 
And Drew Timmy struck me that way, and he's extremely athletic, it turns out. He's got – his footwork was incredible this weekend. His shot is beautiful. I think Corey Kispert will get drafted. Um, he's probably going to stay in the second round, but he's great. And then, you know, Joel Ayayi, uh, I can't wait for a Bill Walton announced game so we can hear him go, aye, 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 aye. <laughs> but I've been waiting to do that this whole podcast. Uh, <laughs> that guy's fast. He's so good at driving to the lane and getting through. He's got a kind of a signature move of, you know, moving the ball to the other hand, kind of flowing through a couple defenders and doing a great layup. I think that he was, well, I don't think. I saw him have like three air balls from the three-point range against Kansas. Uh, So he's got to get a little bit more consistent in that aspect of his game. But he was playing with the NBA Waters after last season – People thought he had a shot, um, so that's my long-winded answer. I think everybody's got a, a good go at it that's in the starting five, and then we'll see what happens in the years to come. Excellent, man. Appreciate uh, all of your insight. Uh, TJ, you got any uh, additional questions for the college basketball expert that we have in our midst right now? Oh, man. You, you nailed it. <laughs> no, I... I uh... I don't. I got. I got nothing. Well, it's right, well. What, anything we didn't address, Sean, that you want to point out or uh, bring up regarding Gonzaga basketball or just college as a whole right now? No, I don't think so. I, I appreciate the agenda you put together. I think those were good questions and good topics for this season. It's it's fun to watch. I think people, if there's anyone listening, I'm sure you guys have a huge fan base at this point. Probably millions. Um, but for people that don't got know, got an Irish following. That's very yeah. Strange. We're international. Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, for those of you in Ireland, you probably don't know that the Inland Empire is kind of a, a sports desert as far as professional sports franchises. There's there's Seattle, who is 300 something miles away um, from Spokane or right around 300. And then, you know, you're looking at like Denver and Salt Lake. It's a, it's, it's an area that doesn't have a lot. So for Spokane, Gonzaga has been such a blessing to have a a home team that's competing for a national championship year after year. Now this year is going to be fun. So it's a bummer that it's COVID year so that we can't all be doing it more in person. And, um, but maybe it's good for our wallets and our livers that we're watching it isolated (laughs) this year, which might be the best year. So I just want to thank you guys for having me. I enjoy what you guys do. You make me laugh a lot. TJ, you're a clever guy. I appreciate hey. the things you hack at my brother. And um, <laughs> I, it I makes it look easy. <laughs> he does. It's effortless. I don't know if that's because you tee him up uh, with your just general personality or if because he's super clever. But either way, uh, it's awesome to listen to you guys. And so I, I look forward to continuing to do so. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, this is really uh, cool, man. Before you go, we always end our end our show with uh, our recommendation section, where we just kind of talk about what media we've been consuming through these quarantine times, and just to pass the time aside from sports. Are there any Netflix shows, any books you've been reading, um, any albums that you've been jamming to that think other people should check out as well? I got kind of over Netflix. I am I am watching the Peaky Blinders. Um, I never watched that when it came out and that's been fun. Um, I did make a goal of 10 books to read this year, which some people like laugh at that. That's a goal that would be hard for me, but I've never read 10 books in a year. I don't think ever for fun. 
So that's been kind of fun. Um, let's say my favorite of the lot was called The Yellow House by Sarah Brome. It's a, I've never been into, uh, what do you call them, memoirs, but it's cool. It's worth reading. Uh, I don't remember what the other question was. Excellent. No, that was it, man. We just wanted to, you know, hear what, what you've been passing the time with. Uh, for myself, we'll just keep you on here because I'm not entirely sure I can let you off the call without destroying this whole thing. Um, you but just, you can just stay there silently uh, and watch us finish this off. Yeah. I can uh, look at me in my eyes when I do it. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, you but I'm looking right into your eyes. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> uh, I have been a, a big proponent of the TV show Survivor. Uh, I've mentioned it before on this podcast, but they just put it on Netflix, two seasons of it, two uh, really good seasons to try to get more viewers. And uh, I recommend checking it out just because more people have Netflix than have CBS All Access or Hulu, and uh, it will get you sucked in. Uh, Heroes versus Villains is probably the best season that they've made, or at least one of the top ones, and uh, it's one of the two that they put on there. So, recommend anybody with a Netflix subscription check that out. TJ, you got anything else? Yeah, I've got like kind of a two-parter. So, uh, John Favreau wrote, directed, and starred in a movie in 2014 called Chef. Uh, it's about a it's about a chef, and. Uh, <laughs> It's honestly just like a really chill kind of movie. It doesn't really have a lot of uh, like drama. It's just about a guy who's kind of got like a broken family who's overworked and he finds his passion by like buying a food truck and traveling across the United States with his son. Um, but separately, I recommend watching that movie because it's good. Uh, separately, however, uh, one of the... Uh, my goodness, consultants on the film, Roy Choi, uh, the John Favreau, had met with, I think they met on the set of Iron Man. Um, so they just had this amazing chemistry, I guess. So Netflix gave them a show called The Chef Show, where it's just John Favreau and this guy, like not acting, not playing characters, just hanging out and like making a bunch of food in this food truck. So you just get to watch these two dudes hang out, talk about cooking, and uh, they bring in a lot of other celebrities as well. Uh, just really good, feel-good stuff, and if you like cooking shows, you'll definitely like this. Nice. What's the name of that program again? So the movie is Chef, and then the TV show is The Chef Show. Excellent. It's on Netflix. And I think right. the movie Chef is now on Netflix as of this week. Check them out. All right, that is our... Uh discussion for today thank you any and all listeners out there for tuning in we'll have to get you on here more man thanks for joining us yeah, um, absolutely. this has uh been the sweat the small stuff podcast so until you hear from us again keep sweat. can you throw a keep sweating for us out there sean some key sweat keep sweat. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect that's perfect yeah. <laughs> all right that's all that's how i'm gonna end the rest of my quarantine time you asked me what that's what it was what if there was any albums i was jamming to you know i'm about to get my my keith sweat on <laughs>